just like to talk, no, I don't wanna speak Yo bitch jumping on my trail, bitch get off my meat I was down bad, now I'm back up on my feet You ain't got a bad nigga, you can't get a feet Got your bitch tryna kick it like she Bruce Lee She just want me for that bad, you can't use me You ain't tryna get no motion, nigga, you sleep Can't do slime with the shimmy, we just too deep We be staying out the way, nigga, we on beef And your bitch fucking with me, say she like my teeth I'm a gorilla in a coop, like I'm Chief Keith Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. I'm here with my co-producer, Small Town EP. What it is? Yo, what's good? What's good? How you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm great, thankfully. Um, it's 1 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast on Friday. <laughs> it's the 20th. We had a Friday the 13th last weekend, um, but it was all good vibes. We're hoping for the same going into this weekend. Last weekend was a vibe. Last week, uh, shout out to my boy, you know, Derek, Cyrese, Rav, and them. You know, they, they both threw parties. Shot the Meg. Uh, she threw a party as well. The culture clash over there. Uh, and the Wave, them boys did the culture clash. My boy Uptown Rav and uh, Yens did the Sip and Sin up in Harlem. So, you know, a lot of motion going on right now in the in the Northeast region. But, um, hell yeah. Ice Spice also dropped tonight, so she's in her bag right now. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> her debut EP called Like. You feel me? Because that's a very, uh, it become a real popular term here in, in New York after that she uh, dropped. Town, that, uh, the town up there's about to be lit this weekend. Oh, it's, it's, it's lit. It's, it's damn near lit every weekend, but yeah, it's gonna be her lit died. this weekend too. Um, you know, the Giants, <sighs> Giants in the divisional round. They advance. They play in a divisional opponent, the Eagles. Um, so that's going to be fun on Saturday night. Uh, Kansas City, your team gets to play finally. You know, you guys made it to the divisional round. You'll get to see your boys and how they shape out against the upset gods, Jacksonville Jaguars, right? So um, Saturday is going to be a fun day in general. And then Sunday, we got two good games, a Bills and Bengals and after the Bengals Bills we got 49ers and Cowboys so yeah man we we got some fun some fun games to watch and and evaluate as they're going on we'll obviously give our thoughts of what we feel is going to happen in those in a little bit here Uh, before we do anything I do want to get into our quote of the week that we've started last week we had a really good quote this week uh, last week's quote came from your grandfather was it yes it did Uh, all right. And uh, this this week I got this quote. It's not my mother's quote, but my mom sent me this quote uh, earlier this week. And uh, she said, everything you do comes back to you. So do good and be good. All right. And Love that. I mean, you take you take that as you will. It's pretty self-explanatory. And I'm a firm believer uh, in that 100 percent. So with that being said. Ethaniel Peterson, before we get into the, uh, the the juicy part, right, before we get into these little questions we got here, uh, I wanted to point out the fact that Young Thug was caught in court today oh my God. receiving some sort of pill, allegedly a Percocet pill. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the pill of choice. Allegedly uh, a Percocet pill. He was seen on camera in the courtroom in front of the judge, in front of the jury, in front of the, uh, not the jury, but the, you know, the, the police and all that. Yeah. The attorneys, some, some co-defendant comes up, reaches out, they exchange hands. 
This is seen in front of everybody. Thug's like, whoa, what's going on? Passes the pill right over to, <laughs> to the police. Like, yo, I don't know what that was. That's like when you when you uh talking in class <laughs> and your teacher looks at both of y'all and you're looking at the dude that's talking to you and you're like, no, no, no. He was talking yo, to fam, me. Fam, why? Yeah, fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fam, chill out. I'm t- bro, relax. Like after <laughs> class. <laughs> I don't know what's oh, going man. on, man, but that is not a good look, no matter if no matter the case, that is not a good look for Young Thug. He's already in a bad situation. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. We'll leave that there. The second thing I wanted to get into before we get into this is the Paul George story. Did you hear about the Paul George story? No, no, no. You referenced it in a conversation earlier. Tell me you wanted to see my live reaction. So I have. No yeah, idea yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm so glad that uh, that you didn't. So basically. Paul George posts a story on Instagram today, and he it's a picture of a white boy, right? It's a white boy in a car, and the kid looks really startled. Paul George says, anybody know who this kid is? DM me. The kid hit my car and ran and then dipped out without giving me his driver's license. If you know him, tag him. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's the reaction I was. He, he's got his jaw dropped for those who are, are just listening. Obviously, this is the audio uh, podcast here. We'll get back to visuals later on this year. But, man, Paul George is putting out a manhunt for this little 16-year-old, 17-year-old looking uh, Caucasian boy who apparently is a hit-and-run suspect. Like, listen, I don't care how bad I fucked up. If I hit Paul George or any NBA star player at that, I'm that's my opportunity. I'm getting out. I'm 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 so sorry. Listen, I'm having such a bad day. This might be your your golden ticket. Cuz I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden chance to make my way. For real. Let me tell you right? how shitty my life is and what's Come going on, on right now. You, you might, you might have, you might, bro. You know, like sometimes he's like, you got to get hit by the car for you to like get the blessing. Listen, that might be a blessing. You might have just hit hit the right person, you know. But now there's a there's a there's a manhunt out on Paul George Instagram. <laughs> yeah, the comments and comments is going crazy. They're like, yo, that kid looks like he saw a ghost. Homie didn't even want to look out the window. Probably had his parents' car. He he probably did the Dame wave when he drove away. Yo. Somebody said that's Tyler Hero. Yo, it's crazy. <laughs> they said why Paul used the lady, the white lady emoji though. Like yo, it's, <laughs> it's crazy comments in there. So, all oh, right. Um, hey, since what happens when you see a shooter, you heard? <laughs> <laughs> since we're talking about Paul George in the NBA, let me run down this Eastern Conference, Western Conference standings as it stands right now. Uh, one through six, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Miami, and then New York's just outside, uh, tied for six, I should say, but they're in seventh because of the tiebreaker. Uh, and then Atlanta, Indiana, Chicago. Boston just beat Golden State in overtime by three today. They're on an eight-game win streak. And in the West, that number two seed Memphis at 31-13, and 13, half That's game behind low. Denver. Denver's on an eight-game win streak. I think they've won like 14 straight at home. Memphis is on a 11-game win streak. And Sacramento, like we're we're past halfway through the season, and the Sacramento Kings are 25 and 18 at third in the West. And listen, e, I did say I don't think this is going to sustain. 
And I'm going to stand on that. I don't think that this is a um, top four team. I don't think they'll finish top four um, in the West. And I don't think they'll they'll truly compete in the Western Conference playoff. However, I think that's going to be a team that, like, somebody doesn't want to see. You know what I mean? You don't want to see them. You don't want to see them. And I, and they could, they could, you know, lose a series 4-2. But that'd be a competitive series. I just don't want to give them too much right now. I think it's still too early um, in the season to, to say that they're true contenders. But you think they'll drop to the play-in or... Uh... No, I think you they think can finish top seven. Finish? Well, okay. top top six. top six. They can they can finish top six. I don't know that they will. I do think they have the talent, and it's it's highly possible for them to do so. But the problem here is that um, it, now that I'm looking at it, I don't know. Top set, top top five is crazy yeah, because I was looking. I was know, looking at it and I was wondering. Yeah, Golden State's gonna be you know top six for sure. Top five. Um, you got Dallas there, New Orleans, the Clippers, Minnesota's at seven. So I mean, who knows? This year has been pretty, pretty wacky and wacky for basketball as far as the uh, competition in the West. The East is is remained. You know, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly are our true contender. Well, Philly, yeah, Philly, I'd put them as a true playoff contender. I don't think Philly is a true championship contender just because I haven't seen them get over that hump ever, you know, whether it was with Brett Brown uh, and now with Doc Rivers. Uh, they just can't seem to really get to that Eastern Conference Finals and and make their mark. So with that being said, um, that was my basketball TED Talk of the day here. <laughs> ha. Ha. Speaking of basketball. We're both very avid Duke followers. Mm. I'll be uh I'll be at the Duke and Miami game down here at the damn, is it called the Bank Like United? I think it's the Center? Watsco Center. It yeah, it used to be called Bank United, now it's the yeah. Watsco Center. Hey, those allergies suck, man. I, I feel your pain. The worst, the worst, the worst. <laughs> and uh so I got I was thinking the other day, you mentioned City might be lit this weekend, will be lit this weekend. Danny Jones, Danny Dimes. I had a thought this weekend. We follow Duke because of basketball. Their football programs, you know, doing what they do right now, rebuilding and things. But we follow Duke. We've followed Duke most of our lives because of basketball. We know some because of greats. J.J. Reddick. Yeah, because of J.J. <laughs> Go ahead. We've known some greats to come out of the program. Yeah. Is Daniel Jones the best Duke Blue Devil in the history of Duke Blue Devils? Football. <laughs> I'm asking. You're, you're saying football? Athletics. Athletics. I'm talking athletics I mean, at this th point. That's a silly question. That's a silly question. <laughs> that's a, the, it, let, let me bring you back down to earth real quick. J.J. Reddick is by far the greatest thing to ever have happened to Duke. And, I, like, I don't, I don't know. You know, J.J. Reddick was a four-year starter. You know what I mean? First and foremost. First and All-American, All-ACC, you know, three-point leader. Like, Damn, don't make him like prove, this anymore. Facts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the numbers will prove J.J. Redick, who then went on to have an amazing role in a lot of deep playoff runs and even a championship run, which he was uh, 
at the mercy of Kobe Bryant that year, right? <laughs> so, unfortunately, Dwight Howard, as great as he played that year, and Rashad Lewis and Hito Turkoglu and Michael Petris, all that. <laughs> and Mikael Petris. Look, J.J. Redick is by far the best thing that ever came out of Duke um, Athletic. If we're talking football, yeah, I think the answer is, Dan- you know, it's early. No, 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 no. And I'm still going <laughs> to pump the brakes. Brian, uh, Brian Baldinger. So Baldy, he's an ESPN analyst. He does a lot of film breakdown, ex-offensive lineman um, for a few teams. I mean, he went undrafted. This is the impressive thing. He went undrafted, and he played five seasons for the Cowboys, four for the Colts, and two for the Eagles. Right, so we're talking about a guy that went from from nothing to something, made a career out of it, and you know, I I think I think I'll give him as far as longevity, as far as being able to have success with multiple teams, um, he's got it right now. Daniel Jones with that playoff win under his belt, he's on, you know, he's moving on up. I think he's probably <laughs> number two. He's probably number two there, but. Um, I don't think it's fair to put anybody, and I, I'll never do it. JJ Reddick deserves a statue outside of Cameron Indoor. You know what I mean? And every Walmart in uh, in, uh, <laughs> in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, North in Carolina. I, I don't want to disrespect. I was gonna say in Durham. Durham's fair, a small school city. You know, it's a small school town. So, like, you know, the the major Durham area, I guess. Outside of every Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. And another, I got another basketball question for you, though, since we're on What's the up? topic. I don't know if you heard the uh, DeJounte Murray comments on All the Smoke podcast. He was just on All the Smoke podcast. There was one specific comment where he was talking about Tony Parker, obviously the legend Tony Parker. You know, I believe he's a three-time champion. Um, he's had MVP-type numbers before in his career. Yes, MVP-type numbers or MVP-type impact, I should say. There you go. DeJounte Murray on his time with the Spurs, he said, you know, that was the year that I took the job from Tony. This is an excerpt from the All the, All the Smoke podcast. Shout out to ATS. You feel me? ATS, ATS. Yeah. Um, that was the year that I took the job from Tony Parker. I know he didn't like it. Because if he liked it, he would have mentored me the way he should have. He wouldn't have went to Charlotte. And there was more in that conversation that he that he had with uh, Stack and, and Matt Barnes. Do you think he was wrong for calling out Tony Parker in that way on the podcast? I don't think so. I think from the sound of the story, that's his truth. That's one. And his truth is that he got it out the mud by his own because it's not like he necessarily struggled in San Antonio. Like he he did what he was supposed to do. He and he excelled at it. Um, that one season he was scoring crazy. What was that two years ago? If I'm not mistaken, uh, or last year? If I'm not mistaken, two Probably years last ago, year. Either yeah, it was yeah, one yeah. of them. It was one of them. I get what you said. Um, and he was going crazy. So he he feels I I would feel entitled to a certain extent as well if we've seen how mentoring can benefit the right type of mentoring can benefit a young player in the NBA. Um, and could be detrimental if it's not done the right way or not done at all. Uh, so I don't, I don't think he's wrong for, for what he said. 
Yeah, I mean, to piggyback off that, right, he played five seasons in San Antonio. This is his first season in Atlanta, and he's averaging 20 points a game, you know, uh, six rebounds, six uh, six assists, five and a half rebounds, six assists. And he's had, you know, his last few games at that have been like 28, 27, 25, um, and he's been starting to mesh with Trey Young pretty good. But going to the to the question as far as do I think he was wrong, I don't. Because, one, he was on a podcast where he's at this point in his career where we want to hear about him. And, and um, he's he's able to voice himself. And people know him as a, as a popular figure in this league. Um, premier perimeter defender. Uh, he was telling his truth. He was telling his truth. And he, he went on to mention how the Spurs, he feels like the Spurs felt some type of way about him and where he came from, like you said, and the image he carried. Um, but all he did was grind. And they noticed that. And when it, when it was the right time, they started him. And Pop sat him down with Tony and said, listen, it's your job now. And, and Tony didn't like that. And um, I, I don't think Tony, like Tony has a choice, right? He's allowed to leave and still try to figure out his future. But at the same time, Tony Parker wasn't a valuable asset to an NBA franchise, if you ask me at the time. So, at that point, though. Right. So for him to go to Charlotte to play behind Kemba Walker, because it's not like he went to Charlotte to start. He went to Charlotte to play behind someone. So it, you could have stayed in the organization that grew you, groomed you, and uh, you won with, and therefore groomed a new household name in that organization. But... I guess I guess pride got in the way of that, and Dejounte Murray to me has all the right to, you know, voice his truth about the situation he was in. Right. Completely agree. Divisional rounds this weekend, bro. Like you mentioned, we got a couple of important games. Hey, real quick, where do the yeah. Vikings go from here? Like for me, it, you know, you fire your defensive coordinator, and that's. Deservedly so. I don't think, you know, your coach deserved any type of, I believe it's Kevin O'Connell. I don't believe he deserved any type of firing. Um, he, he's had an incredible run with them so far. And it's crazy because they put up numbers. They put up numbers and their offense clicks. Um, not at all cylinders all the time, but most of the time their offense is clicking at all cylinders. And they have one of the best wideouts in the game who put up career numbers and led the league in in, uh, in receiving yards. But it's it's just, once again, these Vikings, they have such a good regular season, and then they, they crash and burn in the playoffs. And, you know, you want to find the answer to what's going to get you over the hump. But it's not, it's not head coach. He's done his job good. It's not OC. He's done a phenomenal job. DC, okay, yeah, look, let's start there. That defense was atrocious this year, and they let up way too many easy, um, you know, big plays, and, and the passing game was just was just not their friend. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to just go and blow everything up because this team lost in the first round versus the Giants. The Giants fought hard, and they were a good team, and they got better every week throughout this season. So I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like, you know, you lost to the Giants. No, I think it's in a fashion in which you lose where you let a quarterback like Danny Dimes go and throw for career numbers on the road. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they came to your house. You have Dalvin Cook. You have Justin Jefferson. You have Alan Thiel, uh, Adam Thielen, and you have Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is getting paid all those millions of dollars, guaranteed. But he hasn't guaranteed you guys anything. So, you know, quarterback in this league, we see this all the time. It's it's one. It's the biggest necessity, right? And if you don't have one, a household name at that. It doesn't always look too good for you. So I don't think they want to blow it up. They have talent around Kirk Cousins to be able to win games. It's just that Kirk isn't the guy that's going to necessarily win you games. So you're stuck in this crossroad where it's like, well, Kirk ain't good enough. But then again, I mean, what's the replacement, right? I mean, I always always thought through the season that, like, it looked – on paper, it looked – what they were doing looked good, but there were a lot of, I felt like, underlying, call it metrics, call it circumstances, call it game outcomes that really made it look like, eh, the Cowboys loss was one of them to me. That was a little, um, not to say the Cowboys, Cowboys team, but blowout. Yeah. 40 to three. Uh, that was, that was scrimmage. Talk about practice. You know what I mean? Um, you know, no shade to you, but the overtime, you know, letting the coach take you to overtime this year, that shouldn't have happened. You know, um, losing what I mean, I don't want to the Lions are they're a dog of a team losing to them. But that other game where they came close to beating you as well, like when you're on top of the division, on top of the conference, those type of games, the those type of outcomes, it, it, it shouldn't happen. You should be winning decisively when you need to win, you know, and. They weren't they they were doing that, but the when they were losing, it looked bad. It looked really bad. Their, their highs looked highs and their lows looked real low. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I think they run it back. I, I think you give Kirk another chance, and um, if they're if see, there's like, what do you do, Derek Carr? Do you try to go after like a Derek Carr? You know, I feel like you're gonna get kind of the same type of quarterback play. You know, it's it's decent. To, to to pretty good. Excuse me. You're good. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. But, um, you know, I don't see them going and drafting a quarterback uh, late and then having him come in and try to be their guy. Not when you have Justin Jefferson at the top of his game right now, only getting better, and a Dalvin Cook. And, and the defense, as bad as it is, I think it's schematically bad. I think they have talent. Yep. You know, they have guys on that defense, but that DC wasn't able to put it together. Anyways, let's get into divisional round. Kansas City hosting at Arrowhead Jacksonville Jaguars. We just saw them come off a wild card win. One of the biggest comebacks. We talked about it. They didn't take over the Colts comeback. I'm glad the Colts comeback against the Chiefs in 2013 (laughs) <laughs> is a greater comeback still on the books than this comeback. But this was one of the more wild games we've ever watched as far as context, as far as discrepancy in, in talent. Um, on on, eh, And I don't want to disrespect. I say that respectfully. But like coming into this game, you thought the Chargers should win this game. Everybody thought the Chargers should win this game. And I, I said it, and I believe you did as well. Yeah. Jaguars upset looking promising. However, if we're being uh, 
honest, the Chargers should definitely win this game. They unfortunately let up a huge lead. They were up 27-7 at halftime and um, lost to a game-winning field goal. Brandon Staley remains as head coach. <laughs> and that's a whole nother conversation. I don't even want to get into that because that, that we'll have to save it for like off-season talk because what the fuck. But Chargers did fire their OC, by the way, and said they're sticking with their guy. Going back to the Jacksonville game, this is going to be a well-prepared, well-coached, hungry, um, young team that has a lot of momentum with nothing to lose. And they got Patty Mahomes on the silver platter. Mm -hmm. and, Are and you nervous at all as a Chiefs fan? Against this Jaguars defense a little bit. As, I mean, it only and, it only gets especially tougher, especially compared to our yeah, and especially come, you know, compared to our defense that a lot of times you can find a, a, a lot of holes in. Thank God, uh, Sorensen ain't back there still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence. I don't believe he's gonna come out with the the four interceptions. I don't think he's gonna come out throwing two back to back on possessions to start the game. So, like, there's already a positive and an upside for this week where, you know, you won the game last week and you started and you put yourself in a coffin, you put yourself in the basement, and you locked the door. There was no escape. Harry Houdini would be impressed, you know? <laughs> God rest his soul. The way you guys escaped that game, or I should say they escaped that game, I don't know. You know, you got to put a lot of it on Doug Peterson for having his guys ready to just continue to take it one play at a time, one score at a time. But this Chiefs team, man, you can't make mistakes like that. And you can't even come close to turning the ball over four times against this Chiefs team if you want to have a chance. Let's try zero turnovers would be the, mm -hmm. you know, the way that you can start thinking, all right, we can win this game. You know, we don't turn the ball over at all. We make every possession count. And on defense, you know, we got to put pressure in Pat, Pat Mahomes' face. He doesn't he doesn't do bad, but he struggles. He struggles with pressure. He struggles with pressure, as a lot of quarterbacks do. But this is a freak, uh, freak of nature. We haven't seen a quarterback like this ever. So he does struggle with pressure in his face, and he tries to do too much at times when he's under a lot of pursuit. I think that's mm -hmm. the key for this Jacksonville Jaguars defense to uh, get to him, make his day uncomfortable, and make him force some throws that, hey, Sean Jenkins is back there, you know? Maybe you get you a little pick, something, something. You're going to have to win the turnover battle if you want to win this game if you're Jacksonville. That's how I got it. But I got uh, Kansas City ultimately winning this game at home. You know, we'll talk about the weather. We'll talk about the crowd. And then Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey connection. I think I think that seals it. Yeah, I agree. They don't want to let – they don't want to let us uh... – to a 20 to 7 lead at halftime like they did earlier in the season because a Chiefs team in the playoffs that you let jump to an early lead is just going to cruise for the rest of the for the rest of the game for the most part. Um you probably will score another 12 points but they're still going to put up another like 14 15 Yeah, points. and you just see how comfortable they get on offense when they have that lead and you know it's like it's like putting the car in fourth gear and just kind of hitting the high, just you know, <laughs> you know I mean? smooth and steady. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I do see, uh, I do see us winning. Um, that nine and a half at the books have it as a little bit of a scary number, but uh, 
It should be a good game. I don't see us up 20 to 7 again, personally. I think it's going to be a closer game. Listen, Philadelphia Eagles hosting at the link New York Giants Saturday night. It's a divisional game. This is the third time they've played. The last time they played, Philly, you know, took that. I think it was like a 48-10 or something like that. It was was pretty bad. This Giants team is much better than they were at the time. They're playing with way more resilience, discipline, defensive energy is different. Daniel Jones obviously has stepped up into his his uh his own and Saquon Barkley like he's he's been running the ball all season. And I don't see you know, I could okay, I could see why he'll slow down a little bit with this Eagles front. It's it's a tough front. But Saquon is him, you know, and he's a playmaker in his own right, and I think that great players will do great things and make great plays in big games. So you're not going to completely take him out the game, no matter how good your front is. Do you see any possibility where the Giants upset this game? Statistically, yes. I think that it's really hard to beat a team three times. Like, it's it's possible. And the Eagles have the personnel to do that. Um, but you're also against other professionals. So that are grown men with pride. So losing to someone three times in one season, um, especially when the last one is those, like all the marbles, do you know what I mean? Um, right. I think the, the Giants will definitely come out fighting a lot harder than their 48 to 22 loss um, or even a 22 to 16 loss as well. Listen, I shouldn't be saying this because my pride, you know, I, I try not to be too prideful. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, pride, pride is the devil, honestly. It's the devil's work. Mm-hmm. It's not the devil, but it's the devil's work. Um, Shout to Geo, my boy, Lord of the Lines, part of the uh, less risk, more profit. Um, gang, gang, gang. He beat me four times in a season series in 2K. Four games wow. in a row. Then I had the opportunity in the play-in. We both made the play-in, and we had to play each other. And I had the opportunity to send him home. And I was like, listen, motherfucker, you beat me four times. This is your goodbye note. Guess what? He beat me. <laughs> he beat me again. And I think that you know, like I said, I shouldn't have said that. But to make my point, it's possible. It's possible. When you're the better person that day, when you play better that day, that's what it comes down to. And so that's why I think the Giants do have a good chance to win this game because it comes down to who's going to bring it on Saturday night, right, no matter what the weather is, no matter where they're playing, no matter who's the starting quarterback on either side, who's going to come out and want it more and be the better team? I think Philadelphia, understanding their circumstance, knowing that they can host an NFC championship game at home for the second time in what four years. And all you have to all you have to do, I don't want to say it like that because it's not light and the Giants are a competitive team, but all you have to do is beat your divisional opponent who you've already beaten twice in favorable fashion. Favorable fashion. Statistics do say it's hard, but statistic, uh, you know, statistics also say that the Seagulls team is much better than that Giants team over there. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm getting at. And, and, and I think that this game can be a good game, but it can also really quickly get away from Giants. Um, and, I, and I talked about this on my Instagram live earlier. Shout out to everybody who pulled up to the uh, IG live 
daily show. I'm going to have that another one That was a good tomorrow. show today, actually. It was great. Yeah, I missed a good amazing. one, but go watch that. It was amazing. It's posted on the ATS uh, podcast Instagram page. Follow us at ATS Pod Official. Shout us out if, if you already follow us, if you're listening right now. You know, share the page. Tell somebody at work about it. Tell somebody, you know, uh, that one of your friends about it that, that hasn't ever heard of us. Uh, and we'd appreciate that. But, you know, going back to that that show, I mentioned that both of these games on Saturday have the opportunity to be huge, amazing games, but also they can just turn into, like, blowouts. You know, if Jacksonville doesn't, you know, stay on their P's and Q's, and if Danny Dimes ain't throwing for 250, 60, 70 yards and running for 50, 60, 70 yards and not throwing an interception against Darius Slade, Bradbury, and, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's a different team they're playing this week, you know. Um, So, yeah, I got the Eagles, man. I think the Eagles go on and host the NFC Championship uh, against, let's get into it. Mm. The San Francisco Ooh, 49ers. And, uh, and listen. America's team. Listen. <laughs> I think San Francisco is going to beat Dallas. I'll start with that. I think Dallas had an amazing night against Tampa Bay on Monday. Um, Brady, you know, very, very ugly. We'll go with that word. We'll use the Really bad. Word. From the very pick, ugly. though. Like, literally from the pick, his body language from the interception was just very like i've never seen his body language so poor before like he was very like and just utterly upset at himself which is understandable you just do a red zone pick you know on the fucking yeah but of all line. people you know brady's got to know to get over that get past that it's one play get it back for your team and yeah they were never able to capitalize after that and the thing is they didn't start the game great you know it wasn't like oh my god but they were playing they were playing good defense on both sides they were playing both uh, good defense on both sides. Dallas goes and scores, and then you you get to the red zone and red zone. That's the first red zone interception in Tom Brady's postseason career. So of course we're going to see them get damn near shut out. They didn't get shut out, right? Nah, they scored a right team, they, but it was team. a shutout for for most of the game. You know what I mean? It was, it was ugly. It was garbage points that they scored. Um. Man, man. I mean, Brady's gone. That's 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 not what we're here for. But let's talk about the Cowboys playing against the 49ers. As good as they did look against Brady, this is a way better defense that they have to face, right? And Dak Prescott has shown that when he plays good defenses, he tends to struggle. Tampa Bay's defense hasn't played good all year. They've played good in some games and some stretches, but they're not playing. They haven't played like the Super Bowl defense they had uh, or even last year's defense. This is a total different story with this 49ers defense. This is a better defense that they had even when they played you guys in the Super Bowl, you guys being the Chiefs two years ago, right? So I understand Brock Purdy is going to have to step up again to a taller task. They just went on and beat Seattle in the first game. And there were some plays in there where Brock Purdy, you know, as, as good as his numbers looked, he didn't make the best play all the time. And that's fair. He's a rookie. He's Mr. Irrelevant. But at the same time, this Cowboys defense isn't going to let you just mess up and, you know, try again. They're going to make you pay for messing mm-hmm. up. They're going to capitalize on your mistakes. So Every time. it's going to be very imperative that the run game 
gets started. Christian McCaffrey has to bring his A game. Um, they're going to have to incorporate Debo Samuel with handoffs and just kind of take take some of that pressure off of Brock Purdy. You know, he was at home, and and the Seahawks are a bit lesser of a, an opponent. You know, they, they had a good run and a good year. Geno Smith played amazing football this year, but this Cowboys team is, is a much better team than that Seahawks team is. Um, man, Brock Purdy, you're in for a you're in for a rough one this weekend. But I think your defense is good enough to slow Tony Pollard down, have him under a hundred yards rushing, um, hold the Cowboys as a team to under. Uh, I say, I think under one ten is fair. You know, like if they only run for one hundred yards, like that's not too much. You guys got two backs and a running quarterback. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, I I see I see the Cowboys taking this L. I thought they were going to take the L versus Brady. I fought for Tampa Bay and I I argued long and hard. This is a different argument though. I mean, clearly the better team all season has been the 49ers and that defense, you know, there's nothing convincing me um that Dak Prescott who's struggled in in key moments of the season, who's thrown 12 interceptions or so. I don't see how he he just finds all the success versus that defense, and they're they're definitely not going to score as much as they did on Monday night. So absolutely not. It's a tough game to call for me. Um, very tough game to call. I would have to give the edge, no pun intended, to uh, to San Francisco as well. That defense is something like none other. I just don't. I've seen it. I've seen Purdy, and I've seen what he's doing and what he's done. Um, I'm just waiting for the regression of it. I'm waiting for it to look just as bad as it has looked good. Um, and that's that's a stretch, man. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it's gonna be a good game. I can't. I, I like I said. I give the edge to San Fran, but I can't. I can't really call this one. Hey, I can. <laughs> Five seed versus the two seed Sunday at six thirty. See you in Santa Clara. <laughs> Heard that. Bengals, Bills, it's 3 o'clock game on Sunday. AFC Divisional Round. Joey Shiesty. Josh Allen. Those Bills, man, I mean, ever since the unfortunate... I mean, they've, they've been playing good all season for the most part. Three losses. But ever since that injury to DeMar Hamlin, you know, they come out versus the Patriots in Week 18 and two kickoff return touchdowns. Last week versus the Dolphins, it was a scary one. It was a scary one. They almost let the Dolphins sit there and come back on them with Skylar Chip Skylark Thompson. Oh, my God. Yeah, shot DeAndre. He, he called him Chip Skylark. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you got to think. Joe Burrow's thrown 35 touchdowns. Josh Allen's thrown 35 touchdowns. Joe Burrow threw 12 picks. Josh Allen threw 14. Josh Allen's thrown for 4,283 uh, 4, yards. Joe Burrow's thrown for 44-75. The difference here is that the Bengals, and I was I, I was talking about this with DeAndre last week on the first episode of All Things Sports Daily Live Show. I said, you know, the, the Bengals will beat uh, 
catching a blank. Who did they just beat? The Ravens. And the Dolphins will lose to the Bills. So, therefore, they'll see each other. I got the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. I've said this, and I'll say it again. I got the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. And I think they beat them in this game as far as the Bills due to that run game. You know, I think that they're 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 more multifaceted. They have a better receiving core. They just have more weapons and more options to do in that offense with the defense in the in Buffalo. That I mean, frankly, it's a little shaky over there, right? Uh, Skylar Thompson yeah. over there ch- chop you up. So, you know, Joe Mixon and Samaji P. Ryan, you guys get busy this weekend. I think it's all yours, man. I think it's all yours. The tough thing about it, though, is that they're going to be playing in Buffalo. And, uh, you know, it's going to be real cold. It gets cold in Cincinnati, but it gets colder in Buffalo. Yeah, give me the Bengals. I'm, I'm, I need the rematch. You already know what I'm talking about. Uh, he wants to see Chiefs Bengals not in the divisional round. He wants to see them this year in the AFC championship game. And I don't blame you. I believe that's the game we're going to see. Um, with possibility that we see Jaguars Bills, <laughs> yo, that with possibility that we see Jaguars Bills, no, no, no. I truly think the Bengals uh, do do win this game, but it's no it's no cakewalk. Um, Buffalo's gonna come out swinging. I know they're gonna throw that ball, you know, forty eight to fifty two times, <laughs> and try to cheese up that defense. It's going to be up to Josh Allen if he can take care of the football. If they don't go no, if they go no turnovers, the Bills, great chance to win this game, amazing chance. But that hasn't been the theme, and it's never been the theme in Josh Allen's career. He's he's known to you know sling that ball, try to fit it in tight windows, make silly decisions at times, and it comes back to bite him. With that being said, me and you both got the Bengals. You heard our picks, so we're looking for. A Chiefs, Bills, and a Niners, Eagles. Chiefs, Bengals. Chiefs, Chiefs Bengals. Bengals. I'm sorry. Chiefs, Bengals. And I hope the Bengals play the Eagles in the Super Bowl. That's my dream Super Bowl since about week 12, week 13. Bengals, Eagles in the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. Yo, E, you got any closing thoughts, brother? Uh, not too many. EPL's heating up. Uh, Man City just... Whew. Showed who they are today uh, against Tottenham. They were down 2-0, 2-0 early. Scored four straight goals. The total was three. And they covered the three by themselves. Uh, EPL is heating up. We're a little bit past halfway in the NBA like we were just talking about, man. Sports is getting fun. College basketball is heating up. We here. Yes, sir. All Things Sports Podcast. Catch the daily live show on Instagram Live. Follow us on Twitter at ATS Pod. Thank you for listening. Shout us out. Like, subscribe. Peace.